Thank you for tuning in to the Mile 40 podcast. I am Beshoy Tadros, the author of Break Barriers and Audacious, both of which are sold on Amazon. And I invite you to join me as I engage with guests to discuss those bounce back moments that we encounter on our personal journey. Mile 40 is a forum to learn about how athletes, professionals, and leaders of all backgrounds stare down moments in life where the only option is to rise up. The Mile 40 podcast strives to remind listeners that the comeback is always greater than the setback. Good day, everyone. We are back for another episode of the Mile 40 podcast. Thank you all for sticking along throughout this journey. Uh, I'm, I'm honored and humbled that you will continue to tune in and, and to be a part of these stories, really honing in on those peak to pit moments that the people amongst us face within their lifetime. Today's guest is an extremely special guest. He came recommended to me through uh, my social community and, and people who really told me, this is someone that I need to speak to. For today's episode, I'd like to introduce you all to Wael Davis. He's a New York-based digital and social media professional. He's got over 10 years of experience in the marketing world. He began his career with the CW Network, He worked for Young Hollywood. He's also had experience working with some of the most beloved brands out there. Brands like Donna Karen, Perry Ellis, Steve Madden. Wow, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate you coming on board and and making time to speak with me. You know, we spoke before this episode. We went through a conversation around how you navigated your way into the social media world. We talked about how it's an industry that even amongst our generation is fairly new. We're going to dive into that. But, you know, as I kind of lay the land for this episode, one key theme that I want to make sure the listeners kind of pick up on and one that you shared with me is the idea of reinventing yourself. You shared with me that was something that, um, you know, as a younger self, you were taught, you know, not to be afraid of reinventing yourself. And, And given the theme of this podcast, and again, focusing on those pit to peak moments. I want to kind of hand things over to you, first of all, to kind of walk me through your journey a little bit. And I want to make sure that we circle back to that that theme that you had shared. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, My journey really started, I would say, directly out of college, obviously, like most people do. Um, I was not hesitant to move to New York. And, you know, I knew no one I think I had $2,000 and two suitcases and, you know, I was ready to go. And one of the things that inspired me to make, you know, that career transition is that I had actually wanted to be a writer. Uh, I, you know, growing up in Washington, D.C., political environment, lots of journalism happening. You know, I really wanted to be, you know, on the news like Katie Couric or writing for the New York Times. But at that time, it was like 2011, 2012 you could tell that things were shifting in the marketplace. And I was writing, freelance writing for a few different places. I was working three jobs. And I started to notice that things were just moving. Twitter and Facebook, not even Instagram at the time, can you believe it? But those two platforms were becoming really important and driving a lot of traffic for news outlets. Talk about a foreshadowing, right? right? And at that moment, I was like, wait, there's something that's really happening here. And so I just had a gut feeling that social media was going to be the place where brands, celebrities, consumers, people like you and everybody, it was going to be the main area where people communicated. And I knew it was going to happen in short form. Obviously, that's expanded and grown. But I just knew at that time, it was going to be all about digesting small bits of content, 
easy to read captions and that, you know, maybe being a writer at that time wasn't necessarily going to be the most profitable <laughs> pathway. Um, and so I made the switch and it was completely changed my life. Wow. So for context, uh, around what year was that? That was about 2011, 2012. 2011, 2012. And when you yeah. think about our lifetime and, you know, some of the things that we've seen, even thinking about the invention of the internet and, and where we've come from, you know, the good old days on AIM and and, and just chatting <laughs> and, and look at where we are now. Um, did you always kind of have this visionary discipline in the sense that you kind of were able to hone in on your conviction that, you know, this is going to be something that, um, really revolutionizes the way that not just that we communicate, but really the way that we do everything in our lives now. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've always considered myself to be an early adapter, uh, never afraid to try out a, you know, test a new app or beta test this or that. But I felt very strongly that personal expression was going to be the new the new normal and it is the new normal, right? You know, that's what even looking at TikTok right now, it's all about personal expression and leaning into what makes you unique. And I just had a feeling that it was going to democratize, you know, every industry, music, fashion, uh, tech, and, and it has. And I'm, I'm glad it was the best decision I ever made. Where do you think we are going, um, you know, in the direction of social? I mean, you pointed out TikTok and I was actually speaking yeah. to someone recently about this and, you know, they were explaining to me that, you know, TikTok is now new Facebook. I think TikTok now has, I think <laughs> in a single day, more people go on TikTok than go on Google now. Um, and uh, Facebook yeah. is now the quote unquote MySpace um, of the um, social media platforms. <laughs> and it, and if you notice, I mean, the one the one direction that we're going in is the fact that, you know, our attention spans are just getting shorter and shorter. And now we can only handle, you know, the smallest pieces uh, of media thrown our way. Um, it's hard to imagine, you know, where we could possibly be going after this, because, you know, how much more bite size could it really get? Um, do you have any thoughts on that? I do. Oh, man, I could talk about this all day. Um, okay. TikTok is how about this? Let's let's take two steps back. For every action, there's a reaction, right? And so I always say, you know, the era of I would say 2016, let's even I'd even say 2015 up until 2018 was like the glory days of Instagram, right? Incredibly curated, very filtered, very um high high gloss almost reminds me of like magazines everybody was curating right we all were curating we're all posting our coffees you know we're posting our uh avocado toast whatever people want to call it but after a while people wanted to lean away from that right i mean look at all the information that's coming out to us about the effect that social media has on our mental health and what it does to people and people of all ages you know so tiktok is the unfiltered uh, raw, energetic, unapologetic answer to us living in this world that was dominated by having to, you know, present our perfect self. And so TikTok also has a really strong algorithm. And the reason why it's so, um, I don't want to say addictive, but it's, it's easy. You get, you can get stuck on a loop there. 
It's because it's specifically not designed to feed us what we want. And, and that's really what all social media platforms should be doing. YouTube is really good at that as well. So TikTok is nothing but an answer to many years, I think, of us. We just graduated from that era and moved on to something else. And I think the pandemic expedited that tremendously. Got it. Um, can you dive a little bit deeper into your work specifically? Yeah. Um, you know, people look at your resume. They look at some of the names that you've worked with. They see they see social media strategist, a social media manager. And, you know, honestly, so many years into the social media world, people might be asking, what exactly does this person do? Are you just sitting <laughs> on an app all day posting on behalf of these companies? So funny. That's a great question. When I first started, yes, <laughs> actually, that's exactly what I was doing. You know, it's interesting. It, social media has been the most fascinating career because every single company handles it differently. It, it, it's not the same. And, you know, because this career has only really been around for about a, a decade, whereas most careers, right, traditional careers, doctor, lawyer, things like that, they've been around for generations. So we are still living and growing and learning through social media in real time, which is fascinating when you really think about it. Because it is different at every company I've ever been at, that is what has actually kept it so interesting. So it depends on what the brand needs. I've worked with brands before that are heritage brands, and they really wanted to give themselves a makeover. They wanted to jumpstart. They wanted to introduce themselves to new generations. And that's a really exciting place to be because you're already working with such a rich uh, tapestry. I'll tell you a funny story. When I got my first, I call it my first big boy job, it was at Donna Karen International. And it was, I mean, you know, that was Donna Karen was working with the company. It was still under the LBMH umbrella. The team there, you know, her team that she had put in place was so incredible. Shout out to, you know, uh, Jackie, Adam, Aliza, Jeff, everybody over there. Um, but I remember wanting to immerse myself so well into her world so that I could write and create social media and plan. I wanted to be able to be so good at it that I would sit and watch like hours of YouTube videos with Donna herself so that when I was creating a social, this was my first job, like my first big job. So that when I was creating the social calendars or writing social copy or editing things or working with other team members, I really understood the DNA. And so that to me was probably one of the first times where I really learned that like, wow, this is like really cool. But again, that was a very specific job. I think if you're working in like consumer goods, you might be doing uh, influencer dinners, influencer partnerships, events. Uh, you might be doing creating social content, producing social content. So I think it just depends on where each company is in their journey of social. Some outsource all of it and some like to keep it in, in house. But uh, one of the most exciting things about it is that it has been literally different every single place that I've ever worked and everybody has different needs. So it, it keeps you on your toes. That's amazing. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I think that's one of the things that a lot of people, you know, from from our generation on down, I, I, as millennial on down, I think that's something that everyone's looking for in their day to day. But it it made me think of another question. When you think about the generational divide that, you know, we kind of live amongst right now, and you kind of think about um, the people who are older than us trying to make sense of, um, you know, these kind of these kinds of careers. Um, yeah. Has that led to any sort of um, pits in your roadmap professionally, you know, kind of explaining what you do or um, just kind of um, having to navigate the fact that 
it is changing every day, which means that there's a lot of uncertainty every day. Uh, yeah. And, you know, that, that means a lot of explaining to people who don't understand it. Uh, yeah. and, and so has that ever, you know, kind of been something that you, you've come across or had to deal with in your career? Totally. But I always look at it as a positive opportunity to showcase what I know and what I do, right? I think that for me, I've actually always looked at it as an honor and a blessing that someone thinks highly enough of me to want to hear my point of view or understand my expertise, right? And so I know that, you know, I think Reteach, not reteaching, but teaching people about social and discussing best practices, and but also growing with the times, right? You know, a lot of my work at one point was Twitter and Facebook focused. Then there was, you know, the glory days of Instagram, as I was talking about earlier. My career became very Instagram focused, and then it became a little bit more YouTube, Pinterest, a little bit of the whole mix. And now my career is like super TikTok focused. So. It, it has evolved with the times, but I find any opportunity where someone uh, trusts my expertise, I'm like, thank you. I'm more than happy to talk about it. Um, so yeah, it happens all the time, but I, I consider it to be an honor. Awesome. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think that at the end of the day, um, your mindset toward it is really what's most important. And, and honestly, that's the best way to kind of explain it toward anyone out there uh, around, you know, focusing on the opportunity honing in on the possibility um, and kind of painting a picture around, you know, where it could take not just your, the context of, of your clients, but also, um, you know, the context of the professional realm, really. Um, and Absolutely. so that kind of leads me to um, a little bit of, of a segue here. Um, let, let's talk a little bit about um, your your professor sorry your personal upbringing and then talk a little bit about um you know how you kind of develop this personality because one of the things that seems to be consistent amongst um the people that i've spoken to is you're a dot connector um you've got a contagious positive attitude with whatever it is that you kind of approach and um you know i, I imagine that has to tie back to um you know your experiences growing up so let's kind of let's build from there Great question. Uh, it's by the way, connect the dots is a very famous line from Donna Karen. That's so I, I'm very, I love that line because it's true. I would say, you know, my father was born in Sudan and he was an immigrant to this country. My mom is African American from the US. And I think anyone who has a parent, uh, one or both, who come from another country and you grow up in the US, I think it gives you a very, unique perspective on life and possibility and what what you're able to do i think that because you know my my dad sacrificed you know my dad has 12 brothers and sisters can you believe that and he left his entire family you know to be here in the united states and stayed here to raise me and so i've never and i knew that from a very young age and so i never felt like i should let his sacrifice go without me pushing to be the best person that I can possibly be. And I think one of the things that he always encouraged in me, my mom and my dad, is one, they kept my head in the books, which I think really helped me out, right? So I always grew up having a really vivid imagination. I'm also an only child. So a lot of my time was spent around adults growing up. And a lot of my time was spent by myself, thinking, imagining, being creative, which has really fed into the career that I have now, which is so interesting. Yeah. But I, I really believe that, you know, having, you know, 
a parent, both parents who raised me with, you know, really strong values and, you know, believing in prayer and, uh, you know, God is a big part of my life. And I believe in meditation and taking good care of myself. You know, my mom always says, you know, you have to take care of yourself in order so you can live your best life, get your sleep, eat healthy, uh, work out, stay fit. And so I just have incorporated all of those principles into my life over the years. And it's, it's really, really, really helped me out in a big way. You know, the, the way that you kind of present it, it seems very rosy. Uh, yeah. And that's great. Uh, yeah. But, you know, again, you know, I, 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 as the host here, I got to poke a little bit. I'm sure it wasn't all rosy. Not always rosy. You know, let, let's talk a little bit around, um, you know, I want to kind of bring us back to the theme now. You had yeah. said that that was a theme that was kind of introduced to you earlier on and something that was kind of um, ingrained in you. But, you know, when you think about the idea of not being afraid to reinvent yourself, I yes. think, well, that had to stem from somewhere. You know, what exactly were you reinventing and why? Oh, good question. Oh, so I would say reinvention for me, this is, okay, this is such a random reference, but I learned it growing up watching Madonna. Um, swear to God. I love, <laughs> it's it. like, I love I where this is really, going. I know that's really random, but you know, two quick things. I spent since I was an only child, I spent a lot of time reading, watching TV, going on walks, and so my imagination was always running rampant. And so a lot of what I was able to do later on in life was because I had that time to be able to daydream and think about things. But I learned the art of reinvention because I was obsessed. You know, we all love like watching MTV and music videos, mm -hmm. and I would be like Madonna. She'd have black hair one day, blonde hair the next. And, you know, it taught me at an early age that, like, we are all multifaceted human beings. And I always say, look at your top 25 played on Apple or Spotify, right? How many different genres of music is in that top 25? And so I always many. say, so many. I, I got country, you know, I've got hip hop, I've got trap. Uh, and honestly, know. I feel guilty when, like, I don't have enough <laughs> of one genre or yes. if I feel like I'm leaning in one yes. or the other because I, exactly. you know, similarly, I'm eclectic. I like it all. Exactly. And so think of our lives and our personalities as our top 25 list. It changes with the seasons, it changes with our moods, and it changes over the years. It evolves. And so for me, reinvention is important because as we grow, you know, high school life is one life, college life is one life, your 20s life is one. You and I are both uh, now in our 30s, and your 30s is its own thing. And I'm excited to see what those next chapters hold, but you're not going to be the same person from 17 to 35. And I think it is so important and critical in your business and in your personal relationships to at every stage when you are evolving and you're moving and you can feel it's energetic, right? You can feel yourself, you know, moving into a new phase. It is so important to make sure that you take the time to let the people in your life get to know who you are at this point in your life so that they can be the best friend, mother, partner, brother, sister, aunt, and uncle, whatever that may be, so they can show up in your life in the way that you need them for yeah. where you are. Does that make sense? No, that makes perfect sense. And it actually kind of leads me to think about something that, you know, has come up in conversations before. And, you know, when you think about the power of community and, and the people around you and, and kind of how they, um, you know, really impact who you are day to day. Um, there are a lot of people that perhaps, you know, liked you at 25 and maybe wanted you to stay 
that 25 year old version of yourself. And, you know, now you're, you know, in your mid thirties and it's like, well, yeah. what, what happened to that 25 year old version? That was the person that, you know, I, I love. So, you know, I know I have my own take around this and in, in the sense that, you know, I believe that, you, you know, you need to grow. And, and sometimes that might mean growing away from, from those people who are trying to hold on to that 25 year old version of you. But I'm interested to kind of hear your thoughts on it. Oh man, that's a tough subject. Um, I, we are all going through this all the time, right? We yes. are constantly looking at our relationships and being like, where are we at? You know, change is really, really, really difficult for people. And for me included, for all of us. And I think we all have to remember that a lot of times when you feel like, first of all, no one can make us feel stuck. That's a, that's a feeling that's inside of us. But when you do get start to feel like people are, you know, not necessarily, I don't want to say holding you back, but when you feel like they're not necessarily letting you soar and spread your wings or that you are not allowing yourself to soar and spread your wings because you don't want it to offend someone or you don't want to make other people feel uncomfortable. I think it's important to practice having those conversations with the people that you love. Because if it's someone that's in your life and you care about this person, you should never be afraid to talk to them and tell them what's on your mind. Because a lot of times what we'll find when, you know, we hear a lot of things like, oh, this person is, I've outgrown this person or dot, 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 or I've, I've outgrown this situation. I, I try to stay away from those terms because it gives the, it gives the feeling that I'm here, you're there. Mm -hmm. Right. And we're all here. The, the whole point is, is that we have to come together so we can stay together and grow together. So I always say, if you're feeling that type of energy from a friend or relative, a, this happens a lot with our parents, by the way. Have yeah, you noticed that? Absolutely. Talk to people. Absolutely. And I, I think that invite them. Yeah. yeah and I, I'm just going to kind of take this one step further because you are a creative, because you yeah. work in the realm that you work in yeah. and because you kind of have this attitude and, and this kind of vision that takes you to the realm of anything is possible, essentially, yeah. with regards to what you want to put out there. You know, there are people who see limits. You know, where yes, perhaps yeah. I think you and I working, you know, on the type of, you know, jobs that we do, we see no limits and we see, you know, anything is possible. And we kind of, you know, you know, we dream big. Um, and, and so um, I, I feel like, again, when you're talking about reinventing yourself and, and kind of that that notion, uh, I, I think that the way that I see reinventing myself is continuing to kind of get closer and closer to that, you know, epitome of anything is possible, continuing to prove to myself essentially that anything is possible. Exactly. Um, I like, I call that ambition, right? I, you know, that's being ambitious and you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, I, I want to talk really quick um, around um, your, your later years. I know you had talked to me about um, a period in your life where fitness became a little bit more important. So I kind of want to talk about that to make sure yeah. we touch on it, because that's been one of the themes with Mile 40. Um, you know, yeah. again, thinking about the premise. And, and for me, my Mile 40 moment came in the middle of an Ironman. Uh, and that's I know right. that that's not necessarily the case for, for everyone else. But one of the things that's been consistent so far with a lot of people is um, the role of fitness on that rise back up. Um, so if we can talk a little bit about that period in your life, um, some of the things that you had gone through um, and yeah. go that way. Absolutely. Um, it was a real, probably the toughest years of my life, actually. You know, unfortunately, my father had passed away. And, you know, it was interesting because my dad, 
this is some of the parts that were not so rosy, like we were talking about earlier, you know, one of the, the downsides of my career is that, you know, I think my dad didn't understand my vision because, you know, he was in his sixties and, you know, he wasn't, he didn't understand, you know, what it meant to live in New York and, you know, be working at Facebook, you know, he, he didn't get that. And so he never really, I think, fully understood the journey. I knew he was proud of me. Um, but ironically enough, I was at, probably I say one of the highest points in my career. I mean, I was just, I was crushing it. I was grinding. I was working really hard and a lot of great things were happening and from a career perspective, but personally, you know, my father was very sick and I'll never forget this. I was out at a bar on a date and I got a phone call and it was like, your dad's in the hospital. And I literally, I stood really calm and I ended up having to go outside and I sat on a fire extinguisher and I knew that things would never be the same. And I was correct. And after his death, I was very depressed. And to be honest with you, I didn't even realize it until, you know, my mom had taken me to the side and she was like, we got to talk about this. And I think that she could see physically that I was just not my normal self. And so Coming out of when, you know, I always say dealing with a parent's death or any type of death in your life, uh, no matter who it is, is very, is, is traumatic. And I think sometimes when we're coming out of the grieving, it's almost like one day I woke up and fitness for me helped bring me out of that depression. You know, I gained 30 pounds and which, you know, for me, I'd never had that issue before in my life, but you know, it affected everything. It affected how I felt on a daily basis. It affected my relationships and how I showed up in my life every day. And so I really made a new commitment to myself to get up every single day, no matter what, and get some physical exercise. And it has really, I would say, completely changed my life. I never was like the vitamin guy or the yeah. juicing guy. And yeah. But you know this when we, you know, got when we get into our thirties, you you gotta, you gotta do it. <laughs> you gotta start. You know, when you're in your twenties, oh my gosh, right? You're out. You can you can five, maybe four, get away with a little bit, but yeah, right. Five four hours of sleep. You're in there, and it, it's all good. You're still cranking, but you know, it was. We have to take care of ourselves. I think we now know how much information do we have about how important sleep is, and how important vitamins and a good diet. And you know, part of my own reinvention has been. I have to re sort of now that I'm in a new space and I feel great and I'm back feeling, I don't want to say like my old self, but I would say like a better version of myself. I'm now reintroducing myself to the people in my life, right? Uh, personally, professionally, family, so that people can kind of get to see me in a new light. And I don't have to feel like I'm still being seen as like, oh, you know, YL is going through a tough time. Does that make sense? No, 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. I remember you shared a, a little bit of a funny story about about your mom during that period. If you could, uh, if you could enlighten in the audience for some for some chuckles, I will. I will. Please don't kill me, mom. Um, <laughs> you know, my mom is literally the greatest human being on the planet, and I know we all feel that way about our moms. I, I really, she, I, I, I truly have a best friend in her, and what I love about her is that she tells me the honest to god truth. And, you know, my mom has been very, she's, she's very health conscious, right? You know, she's been uh, a vegetarian my entire life. Uh, she really is focused on living a, a healthy life. And she called me into her office one day, this was in San Diego. And she just looked at me and she was like, 
how are we going to get you <laughs> in shape? And I was like, I'm thinking we're going to lunch and going to go shopping, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, which we did, but you know, she just really, and I, and you know, what's funny. I'd had a friend make a comment to me. I was at the movie theaters with a friend and he looks at me and he goes, is everything okay? He's like, are you all right? And I think because you could, you could listen when, when you're, when it's, when you're wearing it on your, your face and your body, people can tell. And at, and I didn't pick up on it at that time. But when my mom called me into the, her office that day, literally it, I flashed back to that moment. I was like, that's what he was asking me. But here's the thing. If you have someone in your life, if you're like a son or a daughter and you see them clearly going through a hard time, it's important for your, who else is going to say something, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm so happy that my mom did because it, it's not about being a certain size. It's not about looking a certain way. It's about how I feel and it's about living a healthy and long life. That's really important. Um, and so it was a funny conversation, but one of the, it, cha- it changed my life. I actually just said, thank you. I say thank you to her on the phone every time I talk to her because awesome. I feel so good. That's awesome. I feel so good. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, look, contextually, um, I I know you through the fitness circuit. Um yeah. and and yeah. so um, you know, that that's how we've gotten to know each other. Um, you know, I, I think you've done a really good job uh of kind of talking through this idea of reinventing yourself, talking about what it means to you. If if there's anything you want to leave out there for someone who doesn't know you, doesn't know your narrative. Um, and, um, kind of like me just kind of found out about you through the network. What do you want them to know? Who, who are you and what do you want people to know, um, about, you know, what it is that you're trying to impart, um, on those that kind of come by you, um, on a day-to-day basis? That's a really powerful question. I, you know what, I'll say this, maybe more so one, I am a person who believes in the power of being kind. Uh, I believe that treating people with respect and dignity every single day, no matter who it is, and in in every interaction that you have will completely change your life. It's changed my life. You know, it's it's the little things when you're at the coffee shop, being nice to someone, maybe picking up uh, someone's coffee behind you, thanking your landlord when you see him outside, you know, organizing your trash, say thank you, offer to buy him a coffee. Like I live my life on that. My dad was like that. My mom is like that. And that is just, that is a principle of life, being kind and treating people with respect and dignity. But most importantly, just to go off the topic of reinvention that I think is so important, especially for people in our age group, do not ever be afraid to change course. You know, don't be afraid to give yourself a new start and to write a new chapter for your life. We have so much life ahead of us. All of us do. And no matter where you're at, don't ever be afraid to go after what you want because the beauty of my career and what I know is that social media is a powerful marketing tool and it gives you the possibility to be able to create a new life for yourself and new, new forms of income, new forms of hobbies. And I mean, look at all the incredible work you're doing, you know, with this podcast. I mean, you know, you're using your platform to be able to help inspire other people. And I always say what inspires other people is living from the truth of who we are because me living from the truth of who I am, inspires other people to do the same so if we can keep all that in mind every single day and lead with a smile and a grateful heart we're going to be all right wow i couldn't have said it. i mean that was amazing and uh thank you thank you for rounding that up 
Well, thank you so much for, for joining today. Um, I think you, you close this out on such a beautiful note. Um, you know, everything I've known about you since we've spoken um, and everything that, you know, has been kind of said about you uh, reflects what you just said. You are 100% true to yourself and you are out there and you're going to be doing some great things. And I want to say thank you again for, for joining me today. Thank you for having me. This is amazing. You got it. Appreciate it, my brother. Thank you for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode of the Mile 40 Podcast, go ahead, subscribe, leave a review, and share the word. Thank you for being a part of the Mile 40 family. And let's unite in showing the world that comebacks are always greater than setbacks.